in this podcast. I, f- I felt like Sean Croxton. Welcome back in this podcast. This is a super quick Q&A. I'm filming a full podcast this week. First off, my first question for you guys is, do you have any questions for a sex therapist? And if you do, please email them in at support at emilyshram.com. But you need to email them in quickly because we're meeting fairly soon. Um, so excited I get to get to fit this in before my trip to Alaska. And then this is just a Q&A, so I'll explain it. But what we talked about in today's podcast, this little mini Q&A episode, first off, bug bites. That's the very last part, so fast forward if you want to get to that. Why do I get bug bites and what can you do about them? Um, tasting things versus swallowing things. So why is it more effective to taste certain things, specifically to turmeric? Um, we also talk about uh, the question of colitis digestion issues, why we have digestion issues, why we might be constipated. And then I talk about pork, where I get it. And then my in general, high cortisol, can't sleep, mind racing. Um, how do we get our adrenals to feel good? So a short Q&A, but I hope effective. I think these are questions I get quite a bit. So I want to just answer them. I hope you enjoy. Bye. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? It's Emily Schramm, and I was just filming something. Uh, I had my headset on and I had all these questions to answer because I finally am checking my Instagram DMs. Um, and I had, I just was like, oh my gosh, I could, I could just do a little quick Q and a meathead hippie podcast. So I'm going to do it. And if I hate it, I'm just going to delete it. But if I like it, then you're listening to it right now. Uh, I'm Emily Schaum, health and wellness entrepreneur, founder of meathead hippie, which the trademark is official. So I'm really excited about that. And I just love all things nerdy and barbell and biceps. And I think people think meathead, well, actually, this is kind of funny. People ask me, what do you mean by meathead hippie? And I think all of us meathead hippiers, we get it, you know, like bicep curls and flower essences, but there are a lot of people that don't understand meathead. And so they always ask like, does that just mean you eat a lot of meat? And I can't really say no, because yes, I actually do eat quite a bit of meat. Um, if it's coming from a good source. And that is the first question. So you guys all know I am on Instagram at at Emily Schramm. So most of these questions are coming from stories that I've done or from like, you know, yeah, I don't know, posts and things. So I don't have the names of them. Actually, I do. I think I could. I'm going to try to pronounce them. But at Lindsay5430, she said, is that pork bacon? I don't eat pork and I haven't found an alternative. You know, I will just say that alternatives for bacon, just stay away. It's kind of like the tofu bacon, you know, (laughs) when you just, it looks like bacon, it smells like bacon. That's a problem. There should be nothing in the world that looks and smells like something if it's not. That's like a candle. You know, when you think of a candle and you smell a candle, how many things went into that candle to make it smell like a birthday cake? quite a lot of things. So I tend to stay away from things that are imitations. Um, that being said, pork is really hard to find healthy, like healthy pork really just 
I just don't think it exists. So I use ButcherBox. I love ButcherBox because they deliver. I know a lot of you guys have heard from them in multiple different channels because they really are so convenient and they just have like the best uh, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, heritage-breed pork, free-range organic chicken. It just doesn't get much better than that. I also get a lot of pork from a local farm. And so I always do a quarter of a cow. And with that comes some pork chops. And I don't know exactly how many pork chops I get, but my freezer is packed. And so I get that once a year. So that's really important to know where your meat comes from. I have another question from, uh, this is a great question. So I have Vital Proteins as one of my sponsors and they just released a beauty collagen. And this is something I didn't know. I, I love collagen. It's the most abundant protein in your body. And so when you think of your hair, your skin, your nails, collagen is what makes it happen. So why do some people do so well with collagen? It's actually 95% of people do well with collagen. 5% of us have a gene that does well where I'm one of these people, like I, I should have broken many more bones than I did. And I just got really lucky all the time. And there's people that say that, like, I just got really lucky. That was, that should have been way worse than it was. And those I think tend to be the people that are the 5%, but 95% of us, if you have joint pain or if you have knee pain, or if you just honestly don't feel good, or you don't feel like your nails are growing quickly, supplement with collagen. I think it's just such a must. I love vital proteins because it is coming from like really good cows, which matter just like the cow you eat. I mean, if it's powder form, so it's kind of weird to think about this coming from cows, but it does. Um, and the beauty collagen that I posted about, I made this like amazing mezcal drink with it, strawberry lemonade, but it has hyaluronic acid, which I was not familiar with. So I got familiar with it and it's very specific for people that want to prevent anti-aging. And so quote, this is just a Google search that I just highlighted for you guys. It keeps collagen synthesis up, which is amazing, as does vitamin D. And just so you know, vitamin C. And then it retains skin moisture, contributing to the anti-aging benefits to the skin. So if it says beauty collagen, it probably just has a little extra touch of hyaluronic acid. And, uh, you know, for anybody that's anti-aging or wants to prevent aging, I think collagen in itself. And then if you want to get fancy beauty collagen would be amazing. I have a body awareness project specific for skin. So if you do uh, struggle with skin issues, I highly suggest looking at that, thebodyawarenessproject.com. Uh, but that's a great question. That was Annie.Archuleta. Uh, just so you know, a full Meathead Hippie podcast is coming up this week, I'm going to talk to a sex therapist, which I'm so excited about. Her name is Irene, and that should come out on Thursday, if not sooner. So we might have a double episode this week, but I uh, wanted to at least get this out there for you guys because I have been delaying this. So this is a question from Kay Menconi. My cortisol is above average in the evening. I think it's due to too much exercise and stress leaving me fatigued. How do you deal with yours? My doctor didn't really have any suggestions. So that's a great question. So for those that aren't familiar, I have done a couple chat with M's and ask M episodes on YouTube and on my podcast about cortisol. I love talking about adrenals and the body awareness project part two, which you can find on the bodyawarenessproject.com is all about cortisol dysfunction. I did a talk at paleo FX about cortisol dysfunction in the gym, and it's so common doing too much 
eating too little and just driving yourself into a hole. And so what happens with cortisol is we're supposed to have the highest amount in the morning and it slowly decreases throughout the day. If you have some dysfunction, so maybe too little in the morning or maybe too much at night, then we can feel the effects of it because our body just doesn't want to regulate. So we should work with the sun and in turn, it's kind of backfiring. And so I am curious how this person tested. So that always kind of changes my response, but I'll just say that they tested through Dutch testing or salivary testing where they spit in a tube or they peed on a paper and they checked their cortisol throughout the day. So from, from the morning all the way to night, where was their cortisol? And they check it multiple times throughout the day to see, does it have that gradual increase in the morning and decrease at night? And if it doesn't, if it's above average in the evening, the symptoms of that are going to feel like they they're wide awake. They can't go to bed. You know, sometimes it's a adrenaline kind of effect where they get the second wind and that's a little bit different than what I'm talking about. But if you have just kind of this go, go, go mentality at night and you can't wind down, that can suck because then you can't get good sleep. And so the best thing to do is to help regulate cortisol. My favorite supplement is called phosphatidylserine. I use Adrena Calm if it's somebody that has a hard time with their mind calming down at night. And I use Adrena Stim if you have a hard time getting up in the morning. You can also help your cortisol in the mornings if you just see the sunshine, look right into the sun. Well, not sorry. That's terrible advice. Nobody heard me say that rewind. Don't look right at the sun, but get your eyes to see sunlight in whatever way. So I have a little crack in my bedroom window and I, I mean, it's like, it's potent. It's right there. It's like, as soon as I see it, I just keep my eyes open. And all of a sudden my brain says, let's go. Another way you can do it is like jumping around, um, before you get into the shower or just try to like wake yourself up a little bit. But I do think that if you have a really hard time waking up in the morning, it's, it tends to be because we just have low cortisol and how do we regulate that? There's so many ways, but, um, the easiest thing is Adrena Stim and Adrena Calm. These are both on my website, emilystrom.com. I love them, but please email us before uh, if you have any questions and also always ask your doctor between any, before any herbal supplements, because they can be amazing and gentle, but also very powerful. Uh, so someone asked about, um, my Reebok leggings, uh, and my jeans, American, good Americans, good legs are the only ones that work and they do run true to size. Um, I think the biggest thing for somebody that has any sort of digestive issues this is a big topic for me because I've had so much digestive issues in my life. So many digestive issues in my life. I grew up with just chronic stomach pains. My mom knows this. I think I was diagnosed with IBS. And then at one point they said maybe an ulcer. And then they just gave me a bunch of Metamucil and we just never knew what to do. Um, and it just, I, I'm a sensitive soul. So I just thought that I had a sensitive stomach because of my sensitive soul. <laughs> I don't know, but I just think it's so fascinating when you think of digestion, if you have digestive issues, bloating, cramping, gas, burping is a digestive issue. All of this happens for, you know, it's a accumulation, but everyone wants to talk about the end issue, which is constipation or diarrhea, but there's so many factors that happen because of X, Y, Z that I want to talk about today. So the first thing is all digestion happens in your brain 
And when you can connect your brain to your vagus nerve and tell your body, I'm going to digest food, we produce spit in our mouth, salivary enzymes, and then our body starts to say, okay, we're going to digest. We're in a parasympathetic state, a calm state. We're not in a stress state. Now my body's going to produce stomach acid, really, really acidic, so acidic to the point that if you poured it on the floor, it would burn a hole through it. It has to be that acidic because it's going to break all this food down in my stomach and then it's going to clean it so that when it does pass through to my small intestine, which is where our belly button area is, where people usually bloat, is I want to make sure there's no pathogens. I want to make sure there's no harmful thing that's going to affect this human. Because if we let it pass through and we don't clean it enough, how do we know this person's going to survive it? So that's one of the biggest, most important things with people with not enough stomach acid is they start to get sick all the time. And a lot of us don't have enough stomach acid. But I think instead of just taking stomach acid, which is HCL, which I love taking, I definitely take it. It's in my travel essential box. I talk about it in my travel challenge. Um, you know, enzymes and HCL can be so great at helping our body break down food. But a lot of times it's like, well, why haven't we gotten to this parasympathetic state? What is the connection between brain and stomach that's not happening? There's all these crazy theories about like, I mean, it's kind of, it's not that crazy, I guess, but like when you have metal in your teeth, how that impedes the signal or when you have brain trauma and you don't have connection with brain to stomach um, or vagus nerve more, more specifically that that can cause some turn off of uh, the vagus nerve and therefore some stomach acid. So there's lots of things that can affect it, but the most important thing is just to be aware of it. So what I mean by that is that I challenge you guys before any meal today or this week is take like Wim Hof breaths, like really big breaths right before you sit down and eat. And then take your two middle fingers, put them right behind your ears and just rub kind of like a little massage kind of behind your jawbone. That vagus nerve, you can Google it and it just shoots all the way down. And it is so powerful because it's really connecting our brain to our body. And I know there's lots of other things that happen and I can, you know, I'm nowhere near smart enough to try to explain all of them. But that one specifically, when you look at somebody that's just trying to break down and digest food better, it's kind of fascinating when you look at foods that people are triggered by, like, God, everything makes my stomach hurt. Well, maybe, maybe it's not necessarily the digestion of your, this is your body and this is how it is. Maybe it's the lack of support in that digestion process, the enzymes, the HCL, the non-fight or flight response that you're in when you eat and when you chew. And there's something so beautiful about cultures that just sit there for hours and talk and talk and talk and enjoy each other's company without their goddamn cell phones taking pictures of what the food they're eating. Like the more you do that, the better off you'll be. And of course, there's always issues for me like if a food gets in there that I'm not used to, sometimes HCL and enzymes do not matter. It just sucks. Like the other day, I, there was like a new restaurant that opened in Denver and I tried to get it all gluten-free and dairy-free. And I, I think they thought it was too and just clearly wasn't because within 15 minutes, my belly was bloated and I was like, oh my God, I, I haven't felt this way in so long. But it reminded me of when I did have all those colitis issues, when I did have all those uh, stomach IBS issues. It's effing horrible. So in my MFIT challenge, there is a specific video just for digestion and digestive support, especially when you're traveling or as you're figuring it out. And then we'll do another body awareness project specifically for gut. But MFIT challenge, 
challengers, you guys know how much I love the gut. And if we do not help our body heal it and help support breaking down that food, then we're just going to perpetuate the cycle of, oh God, like, here we go again. Here's another bloating, bloating day. And it's not just bloat guys. It's like, it's connected to our brain. It's connected to dopamine and serotonin and brain fog. And I, I find so many times that like, if I don't go, yeah, we all know this. It causes us anxiety if we don't poop, right? If we get constipated. But I also think that um, we don't realize like how much it affects our brain and how much it affects our day-to-day life. Maybe we do realize it, but I'm telling you there's an issue, there's a there's a solution. And the solution is not laxatives. And it's not just magnesium, guys, or Senalif. Like there's ways to help digestion north to south, starting with your brain. And then we go to stomach. Um, and then we go to enzymes, pancreas, pancreatic enzymes. Um, and then if if we can break down that food and then heal the gut and make sure the gut's really happy, there's lots of ways specifically getting rid of certain foods can be really great. Gluten, dairy, soy, um, and corn. That's where I would start. It's my MFIT challenge basically, but there's lots of different places. Um, okay. So this is a question I wanted to answer because this is so fascinating. This is from Breezy DeRay. I've been having bad upper back pain behind my right shoulder blade since my road trip. Any recommendations for workouts or stretches that would help? It hurts so much even with ibuprofen and ice. First off, ibuprofen, I know that sometimes you just need to do it, but if you can get rid of ibuprofen and just start taking consistently fish oil and turmeric, you're better off from the get-go because you're not going to turn off your um, anti-inflammatory pain signals, prostaglandins. Ibuprofen turns off pro and anti-inflammatory pathways. So it's a really quick fix, but it's not a good solution for long-term pain. And it's also really tough on our kidneys, which I think we all kind of know. So try to cut pain relief and stick with fish oil, arnica, um, white willow bark is another one that I really love. Behind the right shoulder blade is so interesting because sometimes, so for Bradford, it's a rib. Um, Sometimes he gets a rib that goes out when he's really stressed. Some people, most people, it's a gallbladder thing. So when they have that pain behind the right shoulder blade, gallbladder is connected a lot with stress and trauma and just almost anger and resentment. I think sometimes we just hold things in our organs that we don't even realize. I talk about this in my version two with Dr. Missy about like, this, we really do have so much energy that goes through our organs. We don't even realize, but gallbladder specifically can be one that just turns off when we're in stress or if we go through a traumatic event, or if we're just, you know, not eating good fats. Like if we're eating a lot of fried foods or if we're eating a lot of processed hydrogenated oils, um, I love gallbladder support, but never long-term. And so one thing I would be really curious of is if you have that behind the shoulder blade pain, I would say, okay, what are, what good fats are you eating? What does that look like? Does that mean vegetable oil and canola oil? Because those are not good fats. And I would increase your good fats, but give you the tools to break down those fats. So with gallbladder, if you have had good fats, if you've followed me for a while and you're eating more avocados and coconut and um, MCT powder and maybe even butter in your coffee, all those things, but you still feel like you're not digesting that fat or utilizing that fat, or you feel bloated or your poop doesn't, or your poop floats, um, or you get nauseous when you eat too much fat. 
I would highly recommend some gallbladder support, which could either be ox bile, which I actually don't recommend as much as I do beta TCP, which has all the enzymes and kind of support that you need to break down the food that you're eating, the good fats that you're eating. So I do think that that there's something really cool about gallbladder support, but also knowing that it's not an end-all be-all. Gallbladder and liver are connected, so sometimes we also need liver support. And I don't want to overwhelm you, but just it's so cool with upper back pain. Yes, you can lacrosse ball it, but if you've lacrosse balled it, you have dug it out and you just keep getting that same pain in the exact same spot, I would look into gallbladder. Um, I think... Uh, I'm going to ask, answer one more question and then I'm going to call this good. Um, so is, we talked about turmeric. I have a emilyshram.com slash blog. You can find all my clips that I've done recently, podcasts and nine news clips. And I just did one on turmeric. I think most of you guys know the benefits of turmeric, turmeric, whatever you want to call it. But I really think that anytime you taste something, it is six times more effective. I cannot recall where I heard this six times, but so I'm just going to say as up to, or up to, we'll just say that. But what happens when you taste something is you create or smell something. It's like neuroplasticity. So your brain starts to think of things in a new way. So instead of having the same pathways of typical, like, this is what my body is going to do when I smell something and then do something, it triggers this kind of new pathway in your brain. Your brain can regenerate and has this like awesome component of now, every time I smell this, I know what's coming. Now, every time I taste this, I know what's coming and my brain is going to know it before I even really know it. And it's so fascinating because I saw this when I did my NTA school with lingual neurotesting LNT, you would put something on your mouth and within 15 seconds, your whole body would change because of it in a positive way or a negative way. And if it wasn't positive enough, it wasn't the right supplement. But if it was obviously negative, it wouldn't be the right supplement. So it was a fun way to kind of figure out what that person's body needed. And so I just, as soon as I saw that, as soon as I put something on my mouth, for example, my really good friend, Sydney, she needs, she, her body was like craving probiotics. She put, opened up a capsule, put probiotics on her tongue and instantly like her gut, her distension went away and she was able to like see, you could feel her small intestine change. If I put the probiotic on my tongue, it got worse. And this is such a simple example of how individual we all are. But for me, I already had leaky gut issues. She, at that point, I think just her body was craving probiotics. For me, my body was craving gut healing supplements. Probiotics never made a difference for me. And I never noticed the difference of probiotics until after I healed my gut because it just didn't have a good place to live. Like you were going to give your body all these good bacteria and maybe even prebiotics, the good bacteria food, but if we don't have a good place for it to incubate and a good place for it to live, then what, what's, what is that going to do? And I could tell that instantly. I hated the taste and my stomach was distended when in turn for her, it was exactly what her body needed. And you can do this with a bunch of foods. I do this with my Coco's pulse test where you can test yourself for food allergies. And this is such a simple thing that I tell my clients, like, if you think about what we do when we're in stress states, our heart rate usually increases. And Dr. Coco, basically his wife was allergic to everything. 
after they went out to eat, she passed out and her heart rate was so, so high. He just noticed she's, oh my God, her heart rate is just pounding. What is that connection? Is something that she ate causing her heart rate to increase. And it's true. When you have something that you're eating that is not good for you or your body's saying, nope, I don't want this. Even if it's not a forever permanent thing, so I'm not saying that these food groups are forever eliminated from your diet. I do think that your heart rate knows, your your heart, your body knows. It's this histamine reaction that your body's saying, okay, just like a bug bite stung me, I'm going to send things to it to heal it. Same thing with food. Like I have to heal this. I have to protect my body. And therefore this heart rate increase happens. So with Coco's Pulse, basically the concept is you check your heart rate, you sit down, and you just keep your hand down on your lap and check your heart rate at your wrist. I do 15 seconds because I'm too lazy to do 60, but you can do 60 or you can do Emily way times, times it by four and you get 60. So once you get your heart rate, write it down and you take a piece of food and you put that food in your mouth and you say, okay, I'm going to hold this food in my mouth for a couple seconds. My brain knows what's happening before I even know what's happening. And then you recheck your heart rate for 15 or 60 seconds. And if your heartbeat increases over 60 seconds, so not over 15 seconds, but multiply by four, if in 60 seconds, your heart rate increases by six beats or more, then that's some sort of histamine response. And I'm not going to say an allergic reaction, but some sort of sensitivity to that food. And it's really cool to figure out just even if you can't do pinner test or a food test or any sort of test, if you could just sit down and like have some moments with food and you can do this with alcohol as well, like what wine is going to make me more hungover than others. It's just so powerful to like figure out, okay, I know that that food is going to cause a reaction in my body. That's not going to be the best. Does that mean I'm going to do it anyway? That's up to me but now I know. And so that can be really good for people with gut issues or people that just want to understand how quick our body responds to things like taste. Um, I really love that test. I think it can be really powerful. And I talk about that in my, in my gut challenge. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask or talk to you guys about, this was a really great question. I mentioned this in my essential oils post about mosquito bites and why mosquito bites um, are more prevalent in people that are deficient in B vitamins. I love talking about this because so many people have bug bites and they're the worst when people are like, there's like one friend that always gets the bug bites. And I just thought this was so fascinating and I had enough people ask me about it. Hence this whole meathead hippie Q and a podcast. There's this theory that, that mosquitoes don't like the odor of, um, B vitamins, which is true. If you guys have smelled a B vitamin complex, it doesn't smell good. So that's one of the theories, but I would just say that what's really cool is just taking a good B vitamin complex and noticing a difference. I think everyone should take a B complex because we are so stressed and depleted, especially if you're on prescriptions or birth control for my women. Um, you got to take one. And I think it's good for pancreas. I see it a lot with blood sugar issues and sugar cravings and also just drops in energy throughout the day. And the more I learn about methylation and detoxification, if we just don't have the building blocks to really give our body the way to detox and the building blocks being folate and all these great B vitamins and B12. I just, it's, it's powerful. So take a B complex, see what happens with your bug bites. Um, get your, get your blood to smell a little different and see what the mosquitoes think of it. The one I love, cause you guys, 
I mean, I just, I love that you guys are so curious. The only one that I really recommend right now is from Pure Encapsulations. It's called Nutrient 950. It's linked in my Amazon list. And so if you go to my link tree, uh, it should just say Emily's Amazon faves on MFit Challenge or Emily Shaw Instagram. Nutrient 950. And I get the one with vitamin K because vitamin K is so underrated, uh, at least in general population. I think it'll become more mainstream, but it should have been way more by now anyway. But we have a great podcast. Dr. Stephen Lynn and I, a dentist, talked a lot about vitamin K and its importance when it comes to vitamin D synthesis and just its importance in all, all synthesis. So that is where I will leave this. I hope this is a good Q&A and I hope I answered some of your questions. Um, as always, if you like the podcast, I'd love to hear about it. And I cannot wait to put out this um, podcast with Irene, who is just an incredible human. If you guys have questions, uh, please email them in support at emilyshram.com about sex because it's kind of a taboo topic and I know it's a little bit left field, but I don't know. I'm just feeling a little crazy. I did a Budo. What is it called? Budo, <laughs> whatever it's called, some sort of shoot. And I think it's just important to talk about and I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay. See you soon. So wonderful to have you. Thank you, Emily. 